The Wednesday night movie will not be seen tonight so that we may bring you the following color telecast of the 40th Annual Awards of the Academy of Hells and Cell Phones, Arts and Sciences. The 40th Annual Slammy Award Show. One of the highlights of awards night is the arrival of glittering stars. You've seen Sonny and Cher, this is Carol Shanning and Carl Malden, beauteous Natalie Wood, Greer Garson, an all-time favorite, Shirley Jones with husband Jack Cassidy, Rosalind Russell, Audrey Hepburn, magnificent Raquel Welch, Paul Newman with Barbara Rush. And Sidney Poitier. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Academy, Mr. Aaron Benoit. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the attitude era of WWE 20 years later. This is one of my favorite episodes of Hell in a Cell Phone that we do. This is our annual Slammy episode where we look back at the wrestling year that was and oh it was. I'm your host Aaron Benoit and joined by my Slammy Awards for Best Collaborators. First off, also with the Slammy for Best Existential Dread, Bobby Hankinson, our wrestling historian. Oh, sorry, I was on mute because this year's Slammy is hosted on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and winner of the defunct slammy for best hair eric silver uh you know a lot of people uh say that this is slammy's biggest night and i i just have to agree with them you know it really this is really where it all comes together all right guys should we dive right in Sure. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, dinner is waiting. <laughs> wait, is there not? Wait, you're not gonna do the opening musical number? <laughs> <laughs> this is the monologue. What did we this... pay Bruce Valanche for? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the 2000 Slammy Awards, so this covers everything from WrestleMania 15 up to right before WrestleMania 2000. We'll have our WrestleMania 2000 episode out for you next week, one week before WrestleMania 37. We're starting off with Best Finisher, 
an award that we've never been able to come to a real consensus on. Last year, I gave it to the Stunner, while Bobby and Eric gave it to the People's Elbow. And I have to say, finally this year, I decided to join them on this in awarding the People's Elbow as the finisher of the year. Uh-oh. <laughs> See? Because, because for me, that's so last year. Like I, it, it really it, is. It's, it's a time another, it's another Supreme must rise. Um, I was really torn on this one. Um, I'm going to get both of mine. Uh, but the one I ultimately landed on, actually, okay, so the one I entertained was the Rikishi driver. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been used a lot. I can't really say what the the lasting cultural significance of it is, but it is just damn cool and so satisfying to watch, and I just really like it as like the the biomechanics of it. Uh, but what I ultimately landed on here was was an answer that surprised even me. Uh, <laughs> that's the Swanton bomb. Uh, okay. Oh, not even yeah. not even got its full name Swanton Bomb yet. They they barely even know what to call it most times, but it feels so new and like and like something from an alien world and seeing it happen and just the way the wonder washes over the crowd each time. It's just so special. And I guess like seeing like the birth of it just feels so special. So I ultimately landed with the Swanton. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think Bobby and I on the best finisher were usually pretty aligned. Um, I very strongly considered the Swanton Bomb uh, for the for, you know for the same reasons, right? Um, I love that shit. I always love it. The reason I didn't go with it this time was just because it didn't. You're right. Like it didn't have that name yet. You know, like it was awesome in the match that I. You know, it like especially uh, that uh, match with the Dudley Boys where it was awesome, right? Like, he jumps off of the cab. Um, but what, uh, what, what's it called before it became a Swanton Bomb? It's a Swan... Senton Bomb. Senton Bomb, it. right, right. Right, so that's kind of why I uh, I feel like it hasn't hit its zenith yet. Um, but I, you know, I do love it. And I did, you know, the part of me that uh, chose, like, the Michinoku Driver... Uh, of course, would, would aims for the the Swanton bomb. What I went with instead, which is gonna seem pretty basic, uh, is I went with the pedigree. Okay. Um, and and I went with it uh, because you know, like I honestly for a, for a lot of this year wasn't that into the pedigree, but I think it you know going into the recency bias, I think that the the way it's it was used especially in uh what became kind of a long-standing feud with mcfoley brought it to a new level and there's obviously one match where that where the pedigree was devastating to me and i kind of can't get that image out of my head and that's why i went with it and the pedigree will go on to be one of the if not the most protected finisher in WWF to a point where if you get hit with a pedigree, you're not kicking out of the pedigree. Um, And I just, I didn't feel that it had made it that far just yet. Completely understand both of your guys' points of views. The reason that I'm going with the people's elbow this year that I didn't go with it last year is because at this point you can't do a rock match without a people's elbow he can lose the match and there's still going to be a post-match beatdown 
with a people's elbow because the people are clamoring for it so much. So I understand kind of the the um, I, I like the idea of looking at these finishers from their genesis and, and, and appreciating their background. But as far as something being at its apex, I think that the people's elbow in 2000 is is where it is. Yeah, I think the problem with it being at its apex is it's also at at the point where I'm like, oh my god, enough, you know, like really I, part to a certain degree, like part of getting to like I okay, I still like the people's elbow, but I don't have the same. I think I'm I'm uh I'm on a a slightly different track from like uh the audiences in these pay per views where it's just like I get so excited and love it in the earlier stages and I tire of it a lot more quickly than everybody, you know, than like the waves of people. Sorry. Was that then the waves of people who, uh, just like keep eating it up and keep eating it up. Like at a certain point it gets a little, like it's the same as like the Rudy poo and the millions and millions. And, you know, maybe I'm giving away a future, um, uh, pick, but it's the same way that those, those things kind of wear, thin on me after a while well then let's uh let's go to that because also last year both eric and bobby picked the rock as the best promo i had mankind the year before me and bobby both had austin eric had mankind and so i i'd like to see um i this time once again decided to join you all best promo going to the rock i think as far as um, a baseline promo level, and I will will concede that there are others who surpass them, especially in um, looking at some of the recent lead-ups to um, the Royal Rumble and to No Way Out, Triple H, and McFoley, both delivering masterclasses. But as far as a baseline level of promo, uh, I couldn't, couldn't overlook The Rock. Yeah, no controversy here. I also went with The Rock. I think overall he has like a, a consistency uh, and a passion in his promos that is uh, just like everything he does feels so important and on another level than what everybody else is doing. Like I also flirted with the idea of Mick Foley again, who gave some of the most like emotional and coherent and uh, like uh, oratorily satisfying promos uh just like beautifully written prose delivered with with wonderful emotion uh and then of course chris jericho who had some amazing who who just has like a sense of humor um some might say influenced by seinfeld uh (laughs) (laughs) also just has these just these great little moments of character that are just so smart uh and unlike i think the rock uh they don't all turn into these huge catchphrases. Like they're so beautiful, and they're like there's something precious about them that they just kind of like go by and disappear. It doesn't even matter because he has 50 more hilarious things to say later. Actually, you know what? I think I'm talking myself out of my own boat. But <laughs> yes, uh, I'm gonna stay yes. solid on this. I'm gonna because well, I think Jericho it displays the most potential. Uh, I do think from what he was able to deliver in this time period, I think I'm sticking with The Rock. Final answer. All right. Uh, I am going, you know, again, same, same thing. So now I'm on Mankind. I, I was originally going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I think I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck with, stuck with Mankind. I think for the same reasons that Bobby mentioned, right? Like, um, I always give a, a lot of credit for, you know, what I consider to be a mixture of 
brilliance and emotion and like consistency, but consistency from a perspective of like um, content, not necessarily just saying the same thing over and over. And I think, you know, like the, all of the stuff, obviously, you know, he gave, he gave some of the most emotional promos leading into this WrestleMania um, you know, at, towards the back end, but then also I think about like when he was when he formed the union, right? This was like the thing that that uh, stood up to the ministry, which I forgot that was even in the same year. <laughs> so like all of these things, just so many fun things. I know that there were times where where Mick kind of you know he kind of took a back seat for a little while but then you know the whole rock and sock connection stuff i feel like there were just so many points where it was always very fun even if i didn't always enjoy seeing him wrestle for a while um i always enjoyed seeing him talk and so i got to give it to him for that i mean you're never going to be make me mad by giving mcfoley an award for anything so i'll find a way <laughs> Loose screw. Last year, we all came to the consensus that Al Snow was uh, far and away the winner of this category. Had a little bit more trouble with it this year. What did you guys come up with? Oh, boy. I'm excited. My um, loose screw is obviously Mae Young. (laughs) Ha! That's a good one. That is a good one. She's the loosest screw around these parts. You kidding me? I mean, and you can take that any which way. Yeah, like honestly, her screw her screw might be a little stripped. It, it's like it's hard to get out of that wall. You need to use like a rubber band. It is loose. Door off the hinges. Oh, I was. I, yeah, I had trouble too. I think I had trouble. Like I was like in a weird way. I was like, man, everything seemed very sane about uh, <laughs> about the last year in WWE. When obviously it wasn't, but um, I I I said Al Snow just because. I felt that he continued a lot. I mean, like, he's obviously taken a backseat in more recent months, but for a while he kind of still held the, you know, the the crown. I think maybe um, the Al Snow slot, if you will, for Raws got maybe seated for a little while to Mae Young, and so mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. He, he passed the crazy bananas baton for a little bit. I um I started off with Midian until I remembered that like the Joker he actually possesses a type of super sanity where he can see through this crazy world in which we live in. I went with Vince McMahon for this one here. Um just in because and again not so much the things he's doing in the ring but the mental gymnastics that you have to do to understand any plan that he puts into action. All right, son, I need you to punch me in the face repeatedly so that I can get back at Stone Cold Steve Austin in, like, two months. Also, let's not forget Trust me, trust me, it's a long game. Don't forget the the time he sat in a parking lot with a baseball bat looking at the full moon. I mean, yes, fully. (laughs) Right, right, right. That was uh, Thanksgiving at the uh, McMahon's, like, just take it in the moonlight, just hanging out. Dancing in the moonlight. The same episode. He, him behind the wheel of the car, screaming to high heaven as he rams oh into God. a limousine. So while play yes, the game, yes, yeah. May Young, May Young was in contention for me, and I think that that might be the right answer. But I had to just kind of take a second to, um, to acknowledge Vince McMahon, the insane plotter that he is. 
He's a real insane clown. Um, I it, it was a lot of work for me to figure out best dressed. I this, don't know. Yeah, about I you will guys. say this was the hardest category for <sighs> sure, without a doubt. Because yeah. I was like, no one. I think actually this year it's kind of like at yeah. school you're like, no what? Now no one gets a best dress slammy. That's what happens. Well, That's what happens well, I, when you're bad. <laughs> well, because with best dressed, we always either are going for a joke or going for the correct answer, which was Jeff Jarrett back in 1998. <laughs> I did. And hard disagree. I did have to eventually go here with the Hardy Boys, and here's uh-huh. why. <laughs> because I, watching this as a child, literally was inspired sartorially to dress like them. Therefore, I guess I have to acknowledge that their profound impact on fashion. Uh, and I do think it is very of the time. And I just remember being, uh, you know, so I guess I was like, let's see, this was 2000, so I was 15, on the cusp of 15. And I just thought they looked like the absolute coolest things i've ever seen of course in retrospect i i could not disagree more but i just can't i have to i cannot unsee it through those eyes and and bobby natalie came in to watch uh during a hardy boys match recently and just like was aghast at what they were wearing and i said to her no you need to understand in 2000 the hardy boys was what i wanted to look like like yeah. if I could, if I could choose anybody to uh, to put my my doughy adolescent brain into, it would have been Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah specifically like, Matt. Go see Hackers. You know what I mean? It's like that. <laughs> was, it, it was a whole vibe. You were like, oh, these are the alt '90s kids. Yeah, I mean, she was alive then. I mean, she knows what people looked like. <laughs> Like, this is what people wanted to look, you know, that, yeah, there were, that was a look. I mean, it's a terrible look now, but yes. What'd you guys go with? Um, so I went, okay. My, my honorable mention is, uh, boys to men from the last WrestleMania. That's very good. Very, that's very good. That might've been the right answer, but continue. Yeah, (laughs) we, uh, yeah, we, we, that gave us a lot to work with for a long time. Um, I wound up going with Terry, okay. uh, be- because, you know, uh, uh, the last couple episodes, Bobby, you know, you're, you had a refrain that basically Terry understood the assignment and look, it, it's a, we had a, it, it was a bad time for the, for the, the women's division or whatever you want to call it or women <laughs> in, in WWE, but, uh, all things considered for all of the for everything that they did terry always knew what the hell she was supposed to do right she always brought exactly what was supposed to happen you know like for the for the swimsuit she brought she brought exactly the swimsuit she was supposed to bring you know she she dressed to uh for the for the valet she wanted to be not the valet that she necessarily was Okay, um, and I just sent a picture over the chat. I'm very, very glad that I saved this uh, this screenshot as I was working my way through the Raws. It will be Terry's picture under the best dress category. I, as I said, there was a journey here. Um, do I go with Jericho, who wears shirts that I would actually wear today? Uh, I would love to have this upcoming summer as uh, we're all out and fabulous and vaccinated. Hopefully, knock on all the wood. Do I go with Billy Gunn with his choker and tied in the front uh, uh, powder blue t-shirt? Do I go with Test 
who's wearing the shirt that has the tattoo <laughs> that you can also see the tattoo at the same time. That's but, a good one. But in the end, I decided to go with um, the actual winner for me, which was China, who, I mean, every single outfit oh, yeah. she came out with, I'm like, fuck yeah, lady. Do it. China, and the, you know, until, yo. until No Way Out, where she oh. decides <laughs> she's coming in out in the Adriana LaServa tennis outfit. Well, well, I tell you that China was also on my list, and that that literally is what disqualified her. <laughs> you know, you know who else? You know who else made who was a close consideration? Who I ultimately, uh, it was too little, too late. Tori, mm-hmm. Tori, mm. because Tori. Oh yeah, she really went from looking like an insane dumpster performance artist yeah. to all of a sudden, then she was as Kane's valet, like changed her whole look, and then with DX changed her look again, and mm-hmm. and then every time fit the role and was able to like uh give us like a fully realized presentation on the runway yes naughty to hottie that one and uh, actually she uh, back to naughty (laughs) (laughs) yeah naughty hottie and she's also a potty hottie never forget (laughs) (laughs) well they were they were steaming when they walked in it was the toilet was on fire all right so here's another category that we have never been able to come to a consensus with best tag team last year eric went with kai and ty bobby went with d'lo and mark and i went with the new age outlaws which i think says a lot more about the state of the tag team division than any of those teams in there this year, I had to go with the Hardy Boys. Um, I, I was thinking Acolytes for a while, but um, and we'll get more into that when we get into um, Match of the Year candidates, but I felt like there was no way I couldn't give it to the Hardy Boys. They were coming in with something so cool and so new and so different, and even while these are still the baby, baby Hardy Boys, and not even though they're not the baby, 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 baby Hardy Boys that we first met, there's still a long way for these guys to go, but it is a fantastic ride watching them get there. See, how do you separate, though, Hardys and Edge and Christian? Like, to me, mm-hmm. there was, like, I, you, you could, it had to be either both of them or I had the, another option. I ended up going with Hardys, uh, Edge and Christian shared. There's Because I, okay. I just feel like they're so, inex- at, especially at this point, what they've done is incredible mm-hmm. and award-worthy. Not just these silly mm-hmm. awards, real ones. But it... They, they both there was no way you could it's like the how the McMahon split the company 25 percent each <laughs> they, they, they all had equal input it, there's just no way you can isolate any one member of them as giving more in in, in any of those matches it's just it's impossible and um, and i'll tell you what was the deciding factor for me bobby it was uh the hardy boys versus the dudley boys at the royal rumble that just that fair. one just that one match with their own performance outside of this fantastic rivalry with Edge and Christian, gave it that little tiny edge, that little tiny squeak above for me. Well, let's also not forget yeah. that this was the year of Rock and Sock Connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought about it. I thought about it. Um, I went with the Hardy Boys, too. So this might be our only main uh, agreement, or at least our, our first agreement for the for this, uh, this show. Um... I, yeah, I thought about, I was like, do I give it to Edge and Christian? Do I give it to the Hardys? Dudleys, I think, are, are, are on their way up, and, I, and you can tell, but they're not there. Um, the Acolytes, 
uh, are definitely coming into their own. I, you know, like it's funny because when they first came out, uh, I was like, ah, I'm not into these guys as much. And you guys were like, oh, no, no, no. They're real fun because of like, they're, you know, like they're these, um, these guys that are just like, uh, dominators and they, they'll just like, like beat the shit out of you. And the thing is, I, as the year progressed, I, I've come to see what you've seen, which is like, you know, you had later eyes on that. And so you're like, yeah, this is what they, this is what their final form is. So you could kind of see the final form in the earlier form, but they definitely changed once they were out of the ministry. Um, but while they were in the ministry, I didn't quite get them. Um, and you know, now I do understand and they do, they make a lot of sense to me and they're really fun. But, uh, I've, Eventually, I went with the Hardys because while I while I know that, you know, the best matches, some of the best matches I saw were them and Edge and Christian. Um, Edge and Christian were awesome, but the Hardys had had move sets that would floor me every time. And when I saw Edge and Christian uh, with other tag teams, I, you know, they were fun, but it was it just wasn't quite there for me at least in terms of what I love about the tag team matches I've been seeing and the Hardy boys brought in that extra level of tag team fun, like the, the high flying stuff that I really, really liked. All right. Um, Okay. So the next one is new sensation. Uh, First time we did this, we all came together with Kane Last year, we were all over the place with Al Snow, Val Venus, and Gilberg. Um, is it safe to say that there are three possible choices for this award? Three, maybe four. I think I have a three, a number three that might be a little bit outside of the box, but we'll see. I mean, I think the, the for me, the only three choices for this were Big Show. And yes, I know that he technically premiered um, the month before... WrestleMania yeah. last year, but I think that we, for the, the, the purposes of this, that we can include him. Chris yeah, Jericho. I, I had him as a contender. Uh, Chris Jericho mm-hmm. and, um, and, of Angle. course, Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you saying that there's a fourth possibility in there? I'm going to throw in Stephanie. Yeah. I think Stephanie wow. McMahon is, is an amazing new sensation mm-hmm. to consider. Yep. Wow. Yeah, you are 100% right with that there i don't give it to her in the end even with you saying that i still don't give it to her but she should a hundred percent be in the conversation for this i mean look at how her star rose i mean mm-hmm. it's it's insane she was at the beginning of the year she was cowering in a basement with like the ash wednesday uh, mark on her forehead and by the end she's Still wearing terrible shoes, but she's got a you know a great perm in her hair, mm-hmm. and she's running uh, Raw and SmackDown, and going into WrestleMania 2000 on the SmackDown before she won the Women's Championship as well. So just another, oh, really? yeah. So just an, another um, a, another note on there that adds on to to her star power at this point, and now, and kills it on the mic at this point. So good. Is that who you're giving it to, Eric? I I am not uh, so I was really I was really on the fence but basically I I I felt like I needed to acknowledge Stephanie 
in in our awards somehow. So I've been there's a little bit of like lifetime achievement stuff kind of going on in my head for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with Jericho, and I went with Jericho because um, I I think you know Kurt Angle had a really good. Um, you know he's he's been having a good run. I do like what he's doing. I think he hasn't had the 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 better part of the year for what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. I think Jericho's been longer, and it's a it's you know there was so much fanfare for him at first. They you know people were a little bit unsure about him right after, and then people have fully bought onto him. So I, I just feel like he was such a polarizing presence very quickly. That um, to me it was that was the most fun thing and and you know I I can't give it to Big Show he's such a fucking <laughs> yeah. giant dork. Big Show is not really in the running, but it was but not, it was it, not the debut it was not the date of his debut that disqualified him, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I mean, yeah. he, within a year in the company, he's carrying the top prize. He didn't carry it well, so I mean, it's, he's definitely somebody that we still need to mention for this. And I, I think yeah. that, that you're right with with Kurt Angle that we've seen him, but in in just four months. And when you talk about new sensation, Chris Jericho has, and we've seen it already, has a career in Japan, has a career in WCW. And so I think for the four months that we've seen Kurt Angle, what he's accomplished and the fact that he is was uh, is going to WrestleMania a double champion cannot be discounted and gives him some bonus points. However, he never called Crash Holly Elroy Jetson and made it stick. So I went with Jericho as well. I went with Kurt Angle. I'm the because no. uh, wow. I, I just think you take well no matter how you look at it you just look at it the last you know four months or whatever and who mm-hmm. had the better time Angle did like even though this is Jericho's height Angle's still I think outshining him at this point you compare their debut to debut the first four months to first four months Angle wins in that contest too uh, I yeah. guess I think there are some promos I think Jericho shines in some promos I think Jericho is good in the ring um, but he what Jericho was missing was the company support that Angle clearly has. And so Angle mm-hmm. has more presence. Angle has more opportunity to show his personality. Angle has more defined character stuff. Angle has more focus and promo packages and all, all kinds of stuff like that. So I, I think that's the key. Is like I, I'm, Jericho didn't get a chance yet to shine, and we know from you know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that he sort of struggled to find his footing. Whereas like Kurt Angle came in with just like an absolute, innate, natural, weird, superhuman X-gene superpower able to take on this business so quickly both from character promo in ring you name it uh and on top of that have this sort of micro celebrity uh olympic background that they're pushing to the forefront and obviously the company is behind him a million percent like he's got everything like while jericho's got all the goods but like the the track wasn't built yet or the the pieces weren't all aligned like angle is like all systems are a go hell yeah all right, Miss Slammy, and we can uh, get through this quickly because I'm sure we're all going to be giving it to Sydney Margolis from Shasta McNasty. <laughs> and her poses. Show us your poses, hon. Yeah, come on, do one of your poses. <laughs> um, oh, I, went with, uh, I went with Mae Young for this one here, and I think that uh, I-, I thought about Terry for a second. I thought about Stephanie as well. But just the fun I've had with watching Mae Young, and, and as much as, as we... we dumped on the absurdity of the storyline with Mark Henry. 
girl just gives her all every single time no matter what is being asked of her and yes. um and that is why i settled on her um okay yeah that makes sense i gave it uh so i i i was considering terry a little bit i was considering deborah right cuz she had a whole run for a while mm-hmm. but also it's still deborah like <laughs> you <laughs> I think we, you know, the best of her times. I think we probably have already seen them. Uh, but I'm get, I'm giving this one to Stephanie. I also thought about China, but you know, as China's music says, you know, don't treat me like a woman, don't treat me like a man. So I can't, I can't consider her for a Miss uh, Slammy. But I think Stephanie gets it for me. Uh, she became a, uh, you know, just a, a. She really grew into her role and like in such a quick amount of time. You know, like. Uh, going from just a basically a prop to uh, you know somebody who everybody is you know just knows how to she can walk into a stadium by herself and rile up a a crowd and you know it's only been what like eight Jesus Christ I hope something is on fire to warrant all this um, <laughs> she. <laughs> She can like walk into it, you know, she it's only been like eight months. She's not a year older than than when she was like just some, you know, somebody kind of smiling dumbly while her father spoke. And she just walks out on her own and can own a, you know, own an entire venue. That's pretty cool. I did go with Terry. I actually ended up going. Uh, I just feel like. You know, China, similar to Eric, like, I just, not that she just doesn't feel like she's part of this category. It feels like she's competing mm-hmm. for best finisher and, and promo and superstar like everybody else, which is like sort of that's like the division she's in. This is really sort of like the quote unquote women's division uh, award, it feels like. Uh, and so with that, you don't have a lot of options, uh, truly. I mean, you're not going to give it to BB. Uh, so mm-hmm. really, uh, I think Terry's the obvious answer here. I think she's done. She's done both a lot of things and somehow simultaneously nothing. Um, I think it's, uh, but everything she's done though, she's just so fucking present. And I know that seems like a very low bar to clear, and yet, and yet, <laughs> we have such <laughs> trouble clearing it so often. Um, there's just a way where I mean, like BB is never present, uh, and like the cat has moments, and Jackie's a wrestler. Jackie and Ivory are wrestlers, but mm-hmm. Terry shows up and is like so committed to the dumbest stuff and she knows she shows up to the assignment every day and she does it fully and she can she's quick on her feet and i just think the fact that they kept her over gold dust is like just like a sign of like what a kind of like brain for the biz she ultimately has uh and i just think that this was like a very fun year for her and there was really nowhere else to recognize that i i love everything you're saying about stephanie eric i just like wish uh, I could, there was like an, I, I also want to give her like an honorary lifetime achievement award, you know, made up on the spot here. Maybe we should just start that, you know what, maybe going forward, we should have something <laughs> called the Stephanie McMahon award, which is like the award for someone who really deserves it. But for otherwise, uh, what was no longer recognized anywhere else. Oh man. Don't give me more homework. <laughs> it was so hard to hit, to hit all of these. Um, and Bobby, let's not also forget. I think my, my favorite wrestling that I watched all year was the Terry invitational tournament. And her role yes. in that. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, just the, the the promo shoot, the ladder, the Jerry Lawler like interview with the ladder, which is kind of like an infamous scene. The 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 Bills uh, gorilla glued to her nipples, <laughs> the way the 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 champagne <laughs> and the jumping up and down. Like she just the the half the underboob, all of the crop tops. Like she uh, she just like fully commits to every character she's given, every role she plays, and she comes out and like I said, she's just present like it just feels like she's in the moment and she's with you and she's responding in real time and just like you know quick on her feet in a way that it feels like everyone else kind of gets tripped up around or watching bb and the cat kind of like stumble through promos and stuff it just feels so i mean even may and moolah while they're awesome for lots of things they especially if a live in ring not a pre-tape they're mm-hmm. they can be a little you know touch and go yeah well what about uh what about nicole bass are we not giving her her due Oh, we gave her her due. And now, <laughs> More than her due. Now she's done. Her. Was she part of this year? I guess she was at last WrestleMania, right? So just barely. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she she gets into uh into the what would you call it the um the window. I see the the uh, fire trucks that drove past my window have now made it to Aaron's window. Maybe. Uh, no, you're mistaken, Eric. That's the slammy siren. Woo woo. <laughs> oh no am i going to slammy gel for bringing up nicole bass during an award show oh Aww. no slammy please <laughs> all right let's talk about best heel oh no actually first uh last year bobby and i gave uh miss slammy to china and eric gave it to jacqueline wanna just uh so that people can remember the wrestling landscape that was yeah for your scorecards guys uh, for best heel, last year Bobby and I went with Vince, and Eric went with The Rock. And this year I had to go with uh, with Triple H. Um, and I don't think that was a very hard decision for me. Uh, thinking about the other top heels, again, Vince and Shane along the way, just kind of bumbling and weird. Um, the Undertaker, who then when it's revealed that he's answering to Vince McMahon and all the questions that we had about is he magic or not, uh, disqualified him as well. Um, Triple H, I think, is what we really needed in the absence of a lot of other stars in a true heel in the ring and a true um, person who, who's acting out of his own interest. Because even as awesome as The Rock was at the, as the corporate champion, he was the corporate champion. He was acting on Vince's behalf. And this time, uh, Triple H, the self-made man, self-made heel, is what did it for me. Yeah. Uh, I- yeah. Uh, for me, oh, sorry. Did you want to go? No, go ahead. Oh, I was so, uh, yeah, for me, the third H is heel. <laughs> uh, I think... You know, like, uh, I am very excited for the day in down the road in this when The Undertaker comes back and I get to, like, wash away the extremely cucked version of Undertaker that I have in my mind because well, <laughs> I know he can be better, but, like, he's just so lame from this year, right? Like, all the ministry stuff mm-hmm. sucked. It was not cool at all. Um, and his promos sucked. All of it sucked. So, and, uh, uh, Vince... I, I want I want to back up. Some of it was cool. Like when it first started, and again, we and, and having to digest it as we did a Clockwork Orange Machine with our eyes like peeled open. Some of the early stuff with the Ministry, when there's still a level of mystique to it, I think is cool. 
what part mm. are you referring to exactly? <laughs> Pinpoint <laughs> on the timeline. Because the beginning was, was kidnapping Viscera, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, and then the end was sacrificing the Midian. Yeah, and then the end was the higher power. So, it, and in the middle was Stephanie in a boiler room. So I'm just confused where we're where we're touching down. <laughs> I am good. <laughs> I'm looking back at fond memories with the the early kidnapping <laughs> and early ceremonies. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> the early ceremonies. Is this like a side effect? Is this like a trauma side effect of the last year? You're yeah, having, like, this is Stockholm yourself. syndrome. Like it was a cross, it was a cross-like symbol that got that that Aaron saw in when he went to sleep, and he was like the word of Undertaker. Remember, and they'd be they'd be just saying nonsense, and they'd be standing in a parking lot, and you're like, (laughs) why is there a camera here? Remember when like he would just mumble to it? Like they'd be like they'd be having a like a little like group yeah, the group meeting and like they just mumble to each other and yeah. you're like I, like so the plan is we're gonna go walk around and we're gonna find Austin. That was the plan. Yeah, that yeah. was what they needed to he get together a, to say. He had a very cool chair. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, nothing about the the ministry lived and died by the mystery. The, the mystery was didn't justify anything getting there. And you're like, wait, everything getting here was terrible. It wasn't like it was great in the end ruined it. It was like, wow, this is going to lead to something good. And then it didn't and everything else was horrible. It would waste time. Yeah. I'm really glad you held his feet to the fire on that one because I probably would have folded. I would I would have been like, <laughs> I don't know. Aaron knows more than I do about this. And maybe he's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where? Show me on the timeline where it was cool because... <laughs> I can't yeah. pinpoint anything. Show me, show me on the story where it touched you. Yeah. Um. Also, and then like, uh, I don't know. Vince was such a, you know, he went back and forth in alignment so much that he can't really be a. I don't. I think he took himself out of contention for best heel because he had such a tweener slash face turn for a while. Um. Yeah. So for me, Triple H, and also Triple H was like the most coherent, cohesive. Uh, heel that we've seen right like as you said um you know we understand like he you know he he uh he wants to be in charge of things he is uh you know he he sort of has this like air of wanting to be fair about things but then he'll also just kind of like do what he needs to do i mean like he's he actually is he's relatively fair right because like he still does make like dx fight each other and stuff like that. He, they, they, there's still some shenanigans. There's still some cheating, but it's not like the constant swervy Vince shenanigans. It's just more like, I'm going to be a dick to you and say that I'm not going to be a dick to you. You could say it's a little more cerebral the way he assassinates <laughs> I also went with Triple H. I think, I, I mean, like obviously his work was consistently good the entire back half of this year was built completely around him. Everyone he worked with shined. He worked with the biggest stars and he held up to all of them. He pushed back on a ton of people who didn't believe he could ever be a main event guy. He persevered through a ton of like even backstage politicky shit, um, you know, in the downfall of the click and all that stuff. And to get to where he is and reach his fully realized like final form, like, mentally his performance his physical body like reaching these new peaks 
has honestly been like thrilling to watch. But as a heel, everything is built around, like you said, everything makes sense. It's a little bit, everything is a little bit smarter because they take like the one extra breath to connect the dots. Um, and so he just makes things very coherent and he gives, there's been a variety of stuff he gives you. He gives you sort of like sophomoric toilet humor, prank, like prank humor. When you know how I feel about pranks, uh, he gives you, uh, like really pointed personal attacks. He gives genuine rage, outrage. He gives sort of like, um, conspiratorial kind of stuff and he can still bring it in the ring and he'll go to toe to toe with anybody and he'll do savage, horrible things like, uh, just an absolute, you know, villain. Um, He'll marry your daughter. He will. And then, and like, it, he's, it goes, and he has the backup and he has all this, it just all works. Everything just clicked and it works so well. And I just think there's no one that comes close. Who's going to be boss man. Come on. Well, I, I actually, I wanted to, to have to, to talk about that real quick. So big boss man murdered a dog and fed it to his owner and desecrated a grave and yet we're still not even none of us i think for a second considered him to be the best yeah that's out of spite man (laughs) i'm not rewarding these cries for attention you're gonna do all that shit and go this is hardcore i'm hardcore no man you're not pulp fuck you um that's a pulp (laughs) reference yeah we made it on this uh very podcast (laughs) um I don't know. What about when when Undertaker had the teddy bear and he lit it on fire in front of Vince? Wasn't that kind of cool? <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood watch where they never they just, wait 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 they was it wasn't he wasn't to the house? <laughs> yes, wasn't also Undertaker like on on like a announce table for that? And it was just like no no what are you doing? Wait, I put why did I put up my belt for this? Remember, didn't he do that? Oh, that you're ta- like- you're, ta- you're talking about the uh, the um, fuck dark side rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Aaron, said. great great heel work. <laughs> Which brings oh, us no, to- oh no, why would I let Vin- Midian and Viscera defend my title? I'd rather give Undertaker Miss Slammy. He's more qualified for that. <laughs> All right, guys, we're getting to the big ones now. All right, first off, we got match of the year. And I guess if we would start with maybe throwing out some of our uh, our honorable mentions to this. Honorable mention, this is, uh, this is uh, it was a real Sophie's choice. So I think when I say my honorable mm-hmm. mention, you'll probably know the one I ultimately picked. But my honorable mention mm-hmm. is Edge and Christian versus the Hardys at No Mercy. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, it was hard for me. I, um... I don't know. I mean, I guess in the same vein, uh, I put Cactus uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I also have the Brawl for All. I don't know if you guys want to. (laughs) (laughs) Butterbean versus everybody. Um, No, but um, yeah, uh, for me, it was down to those two matches. Um, You know, sorry, Aaron, I'm sure you have some more honorable mentions. Um, the other honorable mention that I have, something that hasn't been mentioned yet, is uh, the Hardly Boy, Hardy Boys versus Dudley Boys at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that yeah. was also yeah. that was that was a uh, I, I they made that an honorable mention to my honorable mentions. <laughs> and then of course, um, what was uh, uh, Triple H and Cactus Jack um, in uh, what was the one that followed? Oh, uh, no, no way, way out, out, right? The Hell in a Cell. Great, 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 great match. Like, uh, what else was there? Anything else? 
any earlier stuff? Nope. Probably some like rock and <laughs> and Austin stuff. Well, I mean, I I think that that there is a real dearth of um memorable matches, memorable main events over the, like things that I enjoyed like um Undertaker and Austin first blood match, Rock versus Austin at last WrestleMania. Um, but then you've also got things like the, uh, the ladder match for control of most of the company. Maybe, I don't know, uh, that was immediately mm. nullified and, and things like of that nature. So I think British bulldog got a title shot at one point. I mean, like, what are we, we're just, we're just wet and wild for a minute there. Okay. Mick Foley versus Santa Claus in the boiler room. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, uh, went with Bobby's honorable mention, um, I went with the New Brood versus Edge and Christian at No Mercy, uh, the end of the Terry Invitational Tournament. Um, and so it, it just thinking kind of about, I don't think that it's necessarily um, the best story that was told all year. I think that that could go, you could go with either one of the Cactus Jack versus Triple H. Um, I, I would give the edge to the Rumble, but um, that's just me. Um I don't think it told as good of a story as that did, but just the advancement of what it means to do tag team wrestling, the the fucking seesaw spot alone, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the, the amazing things that these guys were willing to do to their body in the same way that um, the Hell in a Cell match from King of the Ring last year was our consensus favorite. The way that this... Uh, the technical achievement and the advancement of what is possible in the ring is the reason that I wound up going with that. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. buy that times a million. I mean, I think that's, it was a great match. I loved it. We, that was our first and only watch through uh, watch along. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was such a thing that we're like, we actually have to capture this in real time. It's that important. But I did ultimately land on Triple H and Cactus Jack at the Royal Rumble. Um, I just think there, while Edging Christian versus the Hardys was uh, all innovation, I think uh, Triple H and Cactus Jack uh, had a lot more gravitas of the emotional story. Mm-hmm. It was complicated and layered, and there were callbacks to other stories. And truly, edge of your seat, not only edge of your seat, what's going to happen, which I also felt with Edge and Christian Hardy Boys, but the stakes were so much higher that mm-hmm. everything was heightened. The stakes of the Terry Invitational, no offense to Miss Slam, my Miss Slammy, but um, I think Triple H and Cactus Jack, it just felt like this enormous thing uh, I, I agree that i think that's better than the hell in the cell though again another great match absolutely worthy of being in contention yeah um so i i went with the uh the ladder match at no mercy um and it, it was it was between those two right because i i loved i loved the hell in a cell but i think for me the royal rumble match gets the the edge over those two cactus jack and Triple H matches because um, it it kind of like went there first. The Hell in a Cell thing, you know, was it was great, but like we've seen a lot of Hell Hell in a Cell. It was a, there was a little bit of a uh, sanitized element to that Hell in a Cell, and you know, like look, I, if I'm gonna nitpick, I might as well. There was there was a part to it where it wasn't as. Uh, you know, stand up out of your seat. I can't believe they just did that. Um, as seeing Triple H give the pedigree to um to Mick Foley in on on top of a bunch of thumbtacks, like that's just something. Talk about a move 
where you're like, you know, look, uh, any kind of move that ends in thumbtacks is like horrible and crazy and, and ridiculous to watch. But a move where you're literally the whole front of your torso is is like being put onto the mat with thumbtacks that just like ratchets up the the stakes a lot more for me from a you know watching somebody take physical pain perspective not that i love that but it's like jesus man i was you know i i I was emotionally into it you're right the story was better but if i'm going to you know what match did i actually watch like three or four different times and just go back and keep watching it was the ladder match like i was it was you know a seminal thing for me it was like one of those times where you know I didn't even have to like do the work to get into the wrestling match as I sometimes have to, <laughs> you know, like this one, like spoon fed it to me. And it's just like one of those matches where it's just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is so much fun. You know what I mean? And it's uh, you, you can't, I don't know. You can't, you, that's a hard thing to manufacture. And it's, and it's like, it's lightning in a bottle. And so that's why I give it to it. I don't think any of us would have any problem with calling those two matches 1A and 1B for this year. Because, again, they are such different ones and told such different stories, and each was so satisfying in such a different way. Well, I think the yeah. Hollywood Press Association, Foreign Press Association, would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's weird in getting to uh, to Superstar of the Year. Last year, I leaned so heavily on my Match of the Year candidates to get me to Mick Foley as being the superstar of the year. However, when I list out all of the matches that I really love this year, none feature my pick for superstar of the year, The Rock. Yeah. I was torn between Rock and Triple H, and I ultimately decided Triple H. Mm. Yeah. Uh, You know, look, I understand both choices. I went with Mick Foley. Um... He was in the matches that I loved mm-hmm. and uh, and, you know, for the reasons of, you know, the promos I loved and, you know, he's a big part of those story, you know, the storylines that I think I uh, was gravitated to the most. And of course, this was his, you know, quote unquote, retire, you know, uh, retiring. Um, who knows if that's real or not, but like as of, you know, going into WrestleMania, that's what it seems like. And yeah, I'm I'm happy to give it to him. I totally to see me- that, and I think that what's interesting is that it's Mick Foley's. You know, I think it's a, a, a new height for him, and and I, it's one of the years where, even though I love every Mick Foley gimmick, I love all of them. I love Mankind. I love Dude Love. I love Cactus Jack. Um, he has less to hide behind in this year. This is the year where he really gets to be Mick Foley, and it's. Yeah there's something really kind of like, Oh, they almost like emotional. Like there's something really special about that. Like for a guy who just like loved the business so much and like who made it through these sort of like gimmicks, it just was, it is some, some truly amazing, amazing, amazing work. Um, so I absolutely can see justification in picking him and I see justification in picking the rock too. I think, uh, both had, were, are, are incredibly good choices. Oh yeah. But- I, it's funny. I actually, I wasn't like, I, I, I think I never gravitated as much towards the cactus Jack persona, but this last storyline that that won him that won me over, you know, I was like, I mean, you know, also it was just Mick, but you know, seeing the bang bang and like just all the the little the little cactus jack ticks, I was like back on board with it, you know. He really, 
he really helps me, you know, helps me to to love all of the things that he brings. He's he's so great and he's so cool. But when you're talking about so fucking cool, I don't know that anyone has ever been cooler as The Rock in the year 2000. Also agree. I mean, that's true in the year 2021. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's literally the like highest paid man in Hollywood. <laughs> literally no one is cooler. Uh, but yeah, he was doing incredible stuff too. I ultimately, Triple H, uh, kind of like uh, double dipped with my best heel answering, I feel. But he, just everything centered around him. He was a linchpin in the entire uh, company. Like, everything was built around him, and anything that worked, he was a part of in some way. And I just think, like, while The Rock definitely hit higher highs, got more acclaims, I'm sure sold more t-shirts, got more guest spots, uh, you know, uh, all that other stuff, uh, Triple H was, like, I think put in so much work into the wrestling. Like, he put in the work in a real... Not that The Rock doesn't... Uh, but I just feel like everything Triple H was the foundation of the entire show for hours and hours and hours of programming twice a week. He would be, they would cut to him between every match. And then on top of that, he was in the match of the year candidates. He was main eventing pay-per-views and he was literally appearing on television every 20 minutes uh, for, you know, what, six months. I mean, like, it's just, it's an insane amount of, uh, burden that was on him, and he he carried it really well. Uh, I think The Rock, of course, did amazing, but didn't have the, you know... I don't think people looked better working with The Rock. The Rock always came out looking the best. And I feel like Triple H just had a bigger impact in a bigger year. And so uh, I want to recognize the work. Fair. Awesome. Uh, this was really fun, guys. Yeah, we did it. We gave out awards and, and, and <laughs> virtually and socially distant. We're going to be presenting them. We have our remote uh. slam cam or whatever. <laughs> right. Now we're going to we're going to go to every wrestler uh, sitting in their extra large um, track pants in their house. In their in the same uh, like un, un, unfurnished, like un, uh, undecorated uh, condo rental in Florida. Oh, they're all in the heart dungeon. They're all just coming from the heart dungeon. They're all sitting um, among terrible Ted's bones. Are you kidding me? No one from Florida can get into Canada right now. <laughs> they don't want anybody from do Florida you, up there. Do you realize it's almost been a, like a, a literal year since the last Slammies? I feel like we were on pace for a while to do like a Slammy every six months, and it's we came close to a year with this one. Wow. Well, we'll see how we do for the next one. But in the meantime, love us, disagree, want to like us, really like us. Sorry. <laughs> I did not think that I did not know this was part of the assignment and I refuse to answer. <laughs> Let us know. Email us at HelenaCellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at HelenaCellPod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at SlowPass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again with our WrestleMania 2000 episode. You know what? Also, two, more, two more quick slammies to throw out. One uh, incredible art, as always, from Alexis Yavni, um, and I just found out today that she's going to be heading back to America sometime soon. 
Um, and then also a slammy to uh, Barry Schwartz, a.k.a. Disco Vietnam, who just on 24-7 former champion Pete Rosenberg debuted um, one of his beats being wrapped over by Ghostface Killer, which is totally dope. And I'm really, really great for you, man. <laughs> 